interrupt our program to bring you this important message. This is not a drill. This is an emergency. You knew the world would not be the same. Few people laughed. Few people cried. Most people were silent. I'm Tommy Salmons. Okay, so I'm here. She's already giggling. She's nervous. I'm here with my wife, actually, Beatrix Berger. Say hi. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I invited her onto the podcast because I think that she has a really interesting uh, perspective uh, growing up in South Africa during apartheid and having... Uh, apartheid ended in 1994 when she was 13 years old. 14. You were 14. Okay. I always say 13 because I always consider you younger than me and I was 14 in 94. So. So was I. <laughs> you were, you were, you were ending apartheid and I was getting expelled. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> I wouldn't say I ended <laughs> <laughs> Okay. So we, we're going to just talk about her experience a little bit um, growing up in that era and uh, living through an actual like international historic event and um, what she thought of it, what she thinks of it now, and uh, how it's changed her perspective in different ways. So I'd like to give her the opportunity to tell you a little bit about what it was like as a child in South Africa during the apartheid era. Are you asking me this question? Now? Yeah, like, I, want you to, I want you to kind of give right, my background. All right, so, yeah, like I was telling Tommy earlier, I didn't really know anything better than what was happening. I knew we had apartheid, um, but I didn't realize what it meant because we always had, like, a maid in our house, and she was, like, a second mom to me. Like, she was the sweetest, Maria lover and we had a son in our garden and my dad worked with black people so i was like i don't know where all this apartheid's coming from because i see black people everywhere <laughs> like everywhere <laughs> i don't get it so i really just didn't understand i was just like i have maria I love her like a mother i would come home from school we would come from school she would make us lunch she would be there every single day like she was there every single day we loved her like a mother she looked after us she helped raise us and uh we had shorty and um, we didn't have black people in our school, but I didn't think anything of it either because they didn't live in our area. It make no sense for them to be in our school. So I was like, this seems normal to me. You know, I just didn't have an idea of, of really what it meant, apartheid, what it meant. And um, like with Maria, um, when it was time to replace her like, cleaning stuff for how she lived in um, a shack, Let's call it what it is. It was a shack in the location. And when they would um, bring home, like if they worked for white people and they would come home with their cleaning products, like, you know, your Omo, your washing stuff, they would literally make the black people, when you get off the train, would make the other black people 
like eat that, like they would like torture them. So my mom would never, when she, when she bought Maria's um, cleaning stuff for her house, for her shack, my mom would never let Maria take the trainer. My mom would always take her, like drop her off at the shack. My dad didn't like that because it was dark by that time. My mom worked until five and then she'll come home, get all Maria's stuff together and then we'll, she'll drive her to a shack and she'll drop her off at the house because mom, my mom didn't want anything to happen to Maria. We all loved her. Like um, even after we moved from Clarksop, I was living in Clarksop at the time, very small town, so it, you know there was nothing going on there. <clears throat> but even after we moved to Pretoria, we would go visit my dad. We would go see Maria like every single time. We'll drive to the location and go see Maria. And she had since built uh, her son had since built her home, so she didn't live like in a shack shack anymore. So that was nice. <laughs> but yeah, that's I didn't know. I I didn't really like realize really what was going on i just knew we had apartheid but yeah well when you're growing up like the everything that's happening around you is just kind of like the normal that's just what you know you don't you don't know that it can be any different yeah so and like you said earlier you don't you didn't have the control to change it that this was not on you it was not your choice when but when you would see the news would you see like the stories about the bombings or the necklacings and, and things of that nature. Did you know that was going on when you were growing up? Mm, I did, actually. How did that affect your view of like your country and like what was happening within your country? I didn't know. I didn't understand why. Because it was black people doing it to other black people. So again, I was like, we are supposed to be separated and it's supposed to be the evil black people and the good white people. But the black people are like burning each other with like tires. It's not, it didn't make sense. Nothing of it made sense at all. I just didn't understand it. Like if, if apartheid is, and I'm not saying it's the good white people and the bad black people and we did it for a reason. What I'm saying is if it was black against white, why am I seeing black against black all the time? I'm not seeing any white against black. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and... So you're 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 growing up in a in an environment to where like you're basically being taught like whether like you believe that today or not you were at least structurally it, the the society was structured and, and engineered in such a way that white people were good the black people were bad right and so like you had to separate the two the two groups from each other um not really again no because i i had like my maria and she looked after me she raised me like i was one of her daughters like she was a mom to me so i never had that bad and 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 and, and good against each other i never had it i never thought anything bad about any black people because i knew maria right i had maria and i had shorty and i just didn't understand where the evil would come from or the bad is coming from so you were almost insulated from the from yeah. the entire like situation yeah. When you uh, and I mean I, I I don't know the numbers I don't know how accurate this is but during apartheid they were like apartheid my bad um, they were like I think I read and I I stand corrected seventeen murders a year and I mean that was seventeen murders a year so it wasn't like there was violence all around you all the time it was seventeen murders a year something like that something like really low very low so. Well, and well, statistics can be bent and changed. Yeah, and, that's what I'm saying. I yeah. don't know how accurate it is, but 
I never saw any violence uh, black against white. I never saw it. I grew up in a small town anyway, so. Right. And, it, well, you can also think that if it's a, a, a majority or, uh, yeah, um, not majority, but the, the people in power maybe only, um, especially whenever everything was, was cut down the, the lines of uh, race, so they may have only been measuring the violence within their communities mm-hmm. and not measuring the violence mm-hmm. in other communities. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's really hard to understand because from the get-go, what they were doing was was wrong and, and, yeah. and ill to God for. So, so you're looking at it and you're saying, well, this is what we were told. These are the stats we were giving. You know, it, it, it could all be yeah. complete yeah. fabrication on yeah. their part. So... I want to kind of like glance over that, but when you uh, don't you glance anything I say. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. When you <laughs> now you told me earlier that like when you, when apartheid ended and that was in '94. Mm-hmm. All right, you're 14 years old, mm-hmm. 13 in my mind because I like them young folks. No, I was kind of like at some point 13 in 94. But so, so was I. <laughs> Up until August of 94, I was 13. Yeah. So, um, okay. No, I was 14 until August of 94 and then I turned 15. Yes. That's what it was. Yes, yes. Okay. That's why I'm getting all fucked up. Yes. Okay. Like this matters at all to anybody <laughs> that's listening to this whatsoever. Um, so, you, you had told me that when when apartheid ended, uh, you ended up getting your your first black oh yeah student in the school. Oh, what yeah. was that like? Oh, it was very exciting. <laughs> Everyone was just so excited. Everyone just wanted to be his friend and hang out with him. It was like the coolest thing that's ever happened in our school. Like having our first black kid. It was amazing. Yeah. Like, everyone just wanted to be his friend. He had no issues. That kid walked into that school, and everyone was just on him. Like, just wanted to hang out with him, wanted to be his friend. Like, he was very cool. <laughs> it, and did it did it feel like something had changed? Yeah, it felt super cool. That's what, what? I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean... I mean, like in your in your purview, you didn't really understand prior to. You knew you lived under apartheid, but you didn't really understand what it was. Mm. Whenever this happened, did it really feel like that? Oh wait, something's changing here. Yeah. Or was that later on that you like? No, discovered? it was like, wow, we've got a black kid. It's now more black kids will come, and we will all just be together, and it's gonna just be great forever now. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. it felt really great. Like so, it was super cool. Okay, so. At this point, I want to stop for a second. I want to explain to the audience something that we, you and I were talking about. And we've talked about several times before. People have this like weird view of apartheid. Mm-hmm. They think it is distinct to South Africa. What makes apartheid distinct and what makes it similar to other historic events? <laughs> okay, so okay, Here, here's what I was getting. At. I was trying to like fish oh, you I into see what something. You're saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. You see what I'm yeah, saying? It is the exact same thing as what do you guys call it? Segregation. segregation. It's the exact same thing. Right. It's Literally, just a different word. It's just a different word, and we obviously did. And why is it a different word? Because it, it's Afrikaans. It's a different fucking language. Yeah, it's a different fucking language. <laughs> <laughs> it's Afrikaans, and uh, it's pronounced apartheid. By the way, not apartheid. But whatever. Sorry. 
<laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, I'm talking to everyone. Blasphemy. They need to say it right. It's apartheid, not apartheid. Anyway. Um, what was the question again? Oh, yeah. It's like segregation. Like, exactly. The blacks and the whites were separated. They had their own little taps. I don't even know if we had our own taps. But I know, like, and we didn't even want that. They had bottled water before it was cool. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I always see like the pictures with segregation would have like it says colored blacks only, colored yeah. only, yeah, or right. whatever. I don't yeah. remember any of those kind of things, but I'm pretty sure we had that. But it's the same, it's the same, the exact same thing. Who was Whites, sitting in the back of the bus? That's what everybody wants to know. I don't even think we had buses, man. <laughs> 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 the buses came later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they had the the blacks took the train to the location. We don't have buses and shit like that. But in any event, yeah, it's exact same same thing. They were separated from the white people, black people, Indian people, colored people. We have colored people. <clears throat> excuse me, in South Africa, that's mixed race. Black when a black and a white person had sex and the baby came out, it was colored. <laughs> right. Yeah, and then we had Indian, Muslim, obviously, um, and then um, the white people. But everyone that was not white was separa- separated so it applied to everybody not just black people mm-hmm. it applied to any mm-hmm. other mm-hmm. race okay so like so y'all i mean it's basically like a one drop rule and we were talking about this yesterday which i think is like it i, I heard dave smith bring this up on the i think it was the last podcast i listened to of his but okay so here in america the way it works so- socially whether it's right or not but socially okay if if, if a white woman gets with a black man and they have a baby mm-hmm. that baby is considered black okay. well in south africa it's considered color it's got it. yeah they see it's like an right, entire in the 60s when there was rather. when there was apartheid in america uh there they were considered mulatto all right that's what they called a mulatto okay all right so it was like just this mix baby mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. all right but like when it comes to let's say six generations down, right? And that the baby of the mixed couple only marry, marries a white woman, right? And then that that baby comes out, marries another white woman, and so on down the line, all white people from then on, like, is it still considered a mixed race baby? Oh, you I see think, what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, in America, today in modern times, you are. You're still black. Mm-hmm. Well, you can be six generations down. Yeah. I mean, six generations from the nearest black person in your family, mm. you're considered black. Oh, that wow. is specifically um, from the Nazis' playbook. They had the one drop oh. rule. Oh, oh, if oh. they could trace one drop of DNA yeah. back to a Jew, you were you were toast. You were done for. They considered you a Jew. Yeah. If you had one drop of blood, Jewish mm. blood. And so America has adopted that in in such a way, okay? And I'm wondering if it was the same in South Africa. If you, like, got generations down the road, did did they continuously segregate those people? Because they were, maybe because now they were, well, now they were basically raised in a separate culture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. Were there, how how were the cultural differences? Like, what was that from the the pristine elite white who were scrubbed to purity by God and his angels <laughs> and and those those tainted coloreds <laughs> like what was the cultural differences did you notice a big cultural difference especially after the end of apartheid when y'all started intermingling yeah i mean like i mean the black culture is like 
really interesting. I mean, the way they do things, what they believe, how they like go about their business, like it's extremely interesting. And I never knew any of it until about that ended. I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. Like I, when I like hear an African song and the, the Zulus are like dancing and stuff, I cry to this day mm. because it's just so beautiful. It's, right. it's beautiful. And I ne- never knew any of it because I wasn't <coughs> exposed to it until after apartheid. Right. And we were talking earlier about the movie Invictus and mm-hmm. about about living through that experience of the Rugby World Cup. What? <laughs> oh, don't cry. <laughs> what? What? How? How did? How did that register with you at that age? Because by this time, Mandela had become president. Yeah. Right? Okay. Absolutely. So there were there were reactions to and that. Maria actually started looking like Nelson Mandela when she grew old. <laughs> she really looked like him. <laughs> All right, so okay, so let's let's touch on that first. Mm. All right, so Am the Maria looking like Nelson Mandela. <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> that's basically all the that, 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 That's the whole story. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, when when Nelson Mandela was elected. Like what did what was what was happening around okay. you? Well, I don't really know what was happening around me. I, you know, I went to school. I I was pretty much oblivious to anything that was going on around me. I was hanging out with my schools with my my school friends, smoking cigarettes at the neighbor's house. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't like really know about anything like that. But I I know like when um we were allowed to play in the World Cup, the rugby, and we won, and. We previously had all these, like, uh, I don't know what the word is, I want to say staunch, but that might not be the right word, but all these, like, white presidents with the little suits and their ties mm. and acting all, like, serious and just formal and just, like, ugh. And then we win the World Cup and the entire country was rallying behind the Springbokker. Like, it was just, like, the biggest thing that's basically happened almost right. in the years except for Mandela becoming president. But right. it was like something that the entire country was behind. But Mandela made this happen, right? Yeah. Was, was, yeah. was, it, was it the effects of his policies that created this situation? Yeah. Or was it the lifting of the sanctions because he became president? Did, I think it, it was the lifting of the sanctions. It was the lifting. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. See, I, I had understood it, and maybe it's been a long time since I saw the movie. So, I've never seen it because I've cried too much. It was good. It, it was a decent, it was a good yeah. movie. You know, Morgan Freeman makes a hell of a Ma- Nelson Mandela. Oh, I bet. Yeah. <laughs> that, that dude can do anything. Yeah. You know, so, like, whatever. Um, but, no, um, no, it was a good movie. Like, I, it was, what, Matt, Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Mm-hmm. And, uh, not Nelson Mandela, but Morgan Freeman. But every time I think of Nelson Mandela, I see Morgan Freeman in my head. Oh, how dare you? <laughs> Well, every time I think of Donald Trump, I think of a sign language interpreter that doesn't know sign language. So uh, that's Obama, <laughs> stupid. Oh, oh. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, thanks for catching up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so all right. I I had understood it that Nelson Mandela had played a critical role. Yeah, I did. All so right. I'm saying maybe I'm I'm not entirely sure how. It, became oh, how it came about but i'm pretty sure he had like a lot to do with it personally well, well what Not i was gonna say what i was gonna say is oh. i think what i'm what i what i'm misinterpreting is that he took advantage of the situation he was given mm. because he was very involved in 
the the training of the team and and helping put the team. Was he? Yeah, he was. He was well, not not necessarily the training, but but bringing. <laughs> like, well, cold. but but bringing the relations together. Yeah, like yeah, that's what yeah. I'm saying. Trying to say. Yeah. Like so, he was like yes. kind of yes, yes. And yes. so I think maybe that's I just what I'm saying like they, I I know for a fact they had a lot to do with it personally. It's not something that automatically happened just because apartheid went away. Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, the sanctions were lifted, yeah. but he did play a role. Yeah. Ultimately, yeah. in, in the, especially in the in bringing in the cohesion, the cohesive nature of the team together, mm. which which I thought was a really cool depiction through the movie. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't see the movie, so I, I don't know. know. But yeah. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm speaking clearly off of a, <laughs> off of a based on movie. a true story <laughs> fucking narrative here. Okay, yeah, but I mean like that. I mean that was like something that really brought the country together for the first time after apartheid ended and Mandela became president because it was kind of like oh shit now we don't have a white president now we have a black one and blacks are like yay let's do this and the whites are like oh fuck this and you know but with the world cup colored indian black white everyone was rooting for the spring poker. everyone and when they won oh my god Mandela came out on that field and he was like dancing and his awesome shirt and it was like oh my god this is what it's supposed to be like we're all supposed to be together and all supposed to live in this country together and this is what <coughs> we've been missing because i didn't know what i was missing right i didn't know anything else but what i knew and when that happened it was like this is the way it's supposed to be and it's going to be like this way but this is great right it was very moving obviously <laughs> And it, well, and and so like you had this like extreme promise like that yeah. was is is opened up yeah. with with all this. This was like a moment for the country to finally unite for good, mm-hmm. like like everyone, like you said. And so when when Nelson Mandela stepped down, yo, th- hi, Pinky. <laughs> I, I feature him on the podcast all the time. They're used to me talking oh. to Pinky. Uh, when Nelson Mandela stepped down, all right, um, and he stepped down for health reasons? Mm-hmm. Okay. No, I was getting old. Yeah, he was old. He was in his 80s. Yeah. Hi, hi, hi. When he stepped down, like, was there, was there any sense of... of um, it it was going to be a struggle to hold the country together. Oh yeah. Or okay, yeah. so people didn't have faith in the people behind Nelson Mandela. No. They had faith in in him, in, in him because was, yeah. his vision was bigger yeah. than everyone. Like basically, like, and I don't want to use the word worship, respected. Everyone respected the guy of that. Well, guy. not everybody, but, but that's the, the no the majority, the majority of, of the people of, of, of people. Yeah. Right. And that right. was kind of the one thing, and they said once. Nelson Mandela dies because he's the only one that's basically keeping um, the country at peace at this point. Because mm. they all respected him, they don't want to like mess anything up. Because mm. he was like they called him Ubuntu, I think they called him. Um, well, wasn't he quasi? <clears throat> was he quasi? I, I think he was. But uh, anyway. but yeah, they said that once Mandela dies, things will change. Right. And it didn't. It didn't change overnight, but it definitely did. Okay, so so let's talk about those changes because those changes are actually pretty pretty important. And yes, there we go. Ubuntu, they call it Ubuntu. For a moment, a second. A quality that includes the essential human virtues: compassion and humanity. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 
he was he was basically um there's a need for understanding not vengeance ubuntu not victimization he was he yeah. was he was a better form of obama oh long before there was an Obama. Yeah. Like, honestly, yeah. like, like he was what Obama was aspiring to be when Obama was the president, right? Yeah. And so, and so when he stepped down, there was probably, there was, there was probably grief around the nation of like, oh no, like now we got to deal with another president mm. trying to figure out how we're going to rebound from mm. this, right? Okay. And, and from that point forward, that was what, 98? Was that... Am I right? 98, 99? Yeah, I wasn't president for too long. I think four years, yeah. Four years? Okay. I think so. Yeah. So, so when he stepped down, like, there, there had been this period of hope and, mm -hmm. and just, just, uh, everybody, like, this unite, unity, uh, and there had been some changes now. Like, in, in this period, isn't that when the flag changed? Yeah. Okay, the flag changed, the national yeah. anthem changed, things like that. But it wasn't offensive. Like, was anybody offended by these changes? The flag, yeah. Oh, yeah? The flag, yeah. Because that represented our struggle against um, Europe. E England. England. Right. To yeah. gain our independence. Right. So it was, it, it's historical. It's right. It's not something you can just be like, oh, fuck this thing and now it's gone. Right. It represented all our struggles against um other countries to make us independent. Right. So yeah, people were very upset about the flag, most definitely. The national anthem, not so much. Um, I love the national anthem now, really. It's actually, don't they just don't they sing both of them now? They do yeah. nowadays. They have the Afrikaans in there. They have the English in there. Right. And then they have like African um, stuff in there, and I can't sing that at all. But I always cry when they do so. <laughs> yeah. I cry all the time. So. <laughs> you do, except when it's appropriate. <laughs> yeah, I don't cry for the right things. <laughs> okay, so all right, so so there there was a little strain during his presidency. Oh yeah. yeah. So it wasn't just all smooth sailing. No. But for the most part, people like respected him and said, yeah. "Okay, well, I think he has the best interests yeah. at heart." And right? I mean, like like I said earlier, like my my uh, we had Maria, we had my we loved like a mother. My mom loved her. She couldn't love her more. My dad worked with black people in the mines. Um, there was never any Yeah, your dad worked in the mines for yeah, how long? For, oh, forever. For I mean, he worked for Ramaphosa. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Settled Ramaphosa. Yeah. yeah. Which is um, the president now. Yeah. 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 So, um, what was the question? Where was I going with this? We're, we're, what we're oh, talking the, about. The strain. The yeah. strain. Yeah. yeah. There was never, like, really animosity that I could see or that I could see from my parents like oh you know these black people whatever never 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 but there obviously were people that was not happy with having a black person obviously because there's racism mm. there is racism you're not going to lie about that so a lot of people weren't happy it mm. wasn't as it wasn't smooth mm -hmm. and lovely and wonderful and magical mm -hmm. but it wasn't violent right yeah and so like but your parents what did they think about the the shift, oh, the adjustment? They loved it. They didn't mind. They oh, were yeah. just like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. it's yeah. just one thing after another. Yeah. Like things change. Yeah. Life is what it is. Okay, we have to move forward in life. And I'm, um, I know your parents aren't racist. I met them both, yeah. you know. But yeah. I, I'm just saying, like, what what did they think during the whole transition period? Were they on the fence at any time, or were they? I know there was like some problems 
um, with Mandela because he did bomb like stuff. You know, it's not like that, he, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's not like he was just this magical elf that came right. From he was actually and, pardoned yeah. from prison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. prior to becoming yeah, president. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there was some issues with Nelson Mandela. People like always like want to point out, not always, but sometimes want to point out that he was a violent person. You know, he did bomb stuff. He, but I mean, he was trying to freeze people. You know, I'm not saying it's right, but kind of like, what the hell are you going to do? You're not just listening to me. So, you know, I'm going to have to do something extreme, I guess. I don't, I don't know. Well, I mean, and, 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 but yeah, there well, was the history issues. of humans, uh, of people is filled with violent revolution all over mm. the place. Right. Mm. Um, and though I disagree, like with, and I've watched like documentaries on the ANC and how they came to, to fruit, to power and, mm. and, and what they were doing. They mm. were training with the Vietnamese and the Soviets in uh, Northern Africa and, and then coming back with these military style tactics and they were using them in the, um, the townships oh, yeah. in order to create what, and what they were trying to do is they were trying to create unrest in the townships mm. to turn, to radicalize mm-hmm. the townships mm. against the government. Okay. Mm. So this is like, this is a major flaw and, and somehow they got it to work, which I don't, I still don't quite get, but this is the exact same thing that the United States tries to do with sanctions. Mm. So they'll put these strangling sanctions on a country and they'll be starving the people. Mm. All right. Mm. And what their goal is, is to make the people of the country so uncomfortable that they turn against the government. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know? And so that's basically what, what the ANC did yeah. is they made it so uncomfortable for the majority population, mm-hmm. all right. So it, it actually what seventy percent of the nation is actually black, right? Mm-hmm. So it was the majority population, and they made it so uncomfortable for the majority population that they turned against the the minority population yeah. who was in control. Yeah. And and so that's when Mandela was arrested. I think he was arrested on what three or four terrorist bombings or something like that. Mm. Um, he was in prison for 23 years? 27. 27 years. And then he was released and he was pardoned. And then it was probably like two years after that that he became president. It wasn't long. It was it was a fairly short... I'm going to have to Google that because I'm not good with dates. Yeah, I think he was pardoned in the early 90s, like 91. Yeah. And then he was president by 94. Yeah. Something like that. It was somewhere around that. Oh, so, it, was, it was, yeah. Um, um, uh, Evia... Oh, sorry, F.W. de Clark released him in 1990. 90, okay. Yeah. And he was in prison for 20, 27 years. Yeah, okay. So I knew it was, it was, it's kind of a tight. Mm. And I know there were people that, because of his background, were like, what the hell are we doing mm. here? Like, mm. you're putting a terrorist in charge of yeah. the nation. Yeah, someone was right. in jail for almost 30 years, you're making a president of a country. Yeah, exactly. Basically. Right. And then, but then after the, after the World Cup, people started kind of rallying around him a little mm. bit, a little bit more. Mm. They were at least sympathetic to yeah. him. Yeah. Right? Okay. So when you were, and, and by this time, oh, that was in 94 that that happened. So we're talking like he got, he, he stepped down in 98-ish, let's mm. say. And, and, and you're, so by this time you're 18 years old. Mm. You're about to go on your adventures, but that's... Another podcast, if I can talk her into it. Uh, <laughs> but so, so what? How are how are you starting to view what's happening 
and, and see what's going on. Like by this time, you understand what apartheid was mm. when you were growing up, and it, you didn't really understand what no, it was. No, because I didn't know. So, so like, what are you? How are you viewing your country at this point point in time? Like I viewed when that little black kid came to school. <laughs> it was like, wonderful. Oh, these motherfuckers are cool. Yeah, oh. yeah, they're cool. They got a great culture. They yeah. like, you know, they just cool people. They just like, you know. So I don't really. I mean, I'm working with them. I'm friends with them. I'm. You know, right. it was just like normal. It was but just when you say, normal. Well, let's be specific. But when you say they have a great culture, there's actually several cultures, right? Oh, yeah. There's like 11 how many, official languages. There's 11 official languages, <laughs> yeah. but there's over 40 tribes, oh, aren't yeah. there? Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of tribes. And so, so in each one of them operates different. Yeah. Yeah. So some, a little bit, some of them are a little more archaic or barbaric than mm-hmm. others. Like, I mean, you have the bigger tribes, like the Zulu. Mm-hmm. Um and then you, who who else? The Quasi. Quasi. And then who else? Swana. Swana. Mm-hmm. And and then you have smaller tribes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But those are the main main three. And so like most of your. I would say I'm I might be not entirely correct about Swana, but Quasi and Zulu definitely are. Yeah. Okay. So most <laughs> of most of your politically ambitious most of the culture that you witnessed were from these major cultures mm. right like because mm. only so many people are going to run into these minor cultures mm. but you were like you you thought it was like really cool to experience these other cultures yeah. right yeah okay I experience their food because you know me i love food so now they now you like getting to eat all the food that they eat mm. you know because you know Maria would only eat bread. I never knew she ate anything else but bread. <laughs> I forgot about that. No, that was, no, that was actually Linky who only wanted to eat bread. And I'd be like, Linky, I'm frying an egg. You want an egg? No, I want bread. Well, you can't with this bread. Come on, man. <laughs> but Maria also, they weren't very big eaters. And when I would make um, lunch for Shorty, he would also just have bread. So now I'm getting to get all the food that they're eating. You know, I'm getting to eat like pop and... And achar and you know all these things that I right. fucking love. <laughs> right. Yeah, because now now you're not only exposed to the 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 tribal cultures, you're all, now also getting exposed to Muslim culture and mm-hmm. Indian culture and yep. you know all these other cultures. Mm-hmm. Like some of your best friends, you would have never known had apartheid ne- never yeah. ended, right? Yeah. So. Oh yeah. So, like this this became important in your life, and. uh as far as your your inner inner relations with other people, right? What I'm thinking about free in the water park. Oh, I am too. I <laughs> I was actually wanting to get to that. <laughs> Tell the story. <laughs> so, so sometimes, like white people will ask, like either black people or uh, Indian or whatever, like what what did you like think about apartheid? And how did you feel when it ended? Am I free? I mean, she's just the cutest bloody hell thing in the world. She's Indian and she's like five foot. So I'm like, she's shorter than me. I'm five foot two. Just tiny little thing. And she's like, oh, I didn't give a fuck about apartheid. When apartheid ended, I got to go to a water park. I didn't give a fuck race about that. <laughs> fuck, a fuck about the rest. Like, I can go to a water park now. Fuck that. I'm free. <laughs> that was, I'm free. I, yeah, that's what you said. I'm free. I can go to a water park now. I can go fuck <laughs> about the rest. and her her dad was actually involved with the ANC yeah he got locked up a lot for handing out um, political like pamphlets and stuff right yeah yeah so free speech definitely wasn't at the top of y'all's list I don't even think it is now but (laughs) that just happened that's alright no it's fine it's recording still 
that was a little break. We had to get a cigarette, but we are back. Uh, so we're we're on the we're at the end of um, Mandela, and who was who is the next president? Dalton Becky. Dalton Becky. Dabu Mbeki. 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 Yeah. Like Mpumalanga. Yeah. M-B-E-K-I. This damn, that lack of vowels is going to kill me one of these days. It makes me feel like I'm having like hemorrhaging. I love saying Mpumalanga. Okay. I love hearing you say Mpumalanga. I hate trying to say it though. Um, all right. So we got. We got what? What's his name? Tabu Mbeki. Tabu and Becky. Okay. Sounds like somebody from the Jungle Book. Tabu and Becky. At least I don't say it like fun. I say it in Popo. Popo. I definitely know how you say it. Not how you say it. But, okay. So, what what did he bring to the table? What is this when you started seeing a, a, a down downturn or... Um, well, last week is a little weird because apparently people didn't like him. Um, and again, I I don't really know why they didn't, they didn't like him. Um, he was um, basically Mandela's like right hand. You know, they were together all the time. I think he was the um, what's the president after the vice under president. the yeah yeah yeah. He was the vice president. He became president, and he was, I think. For some people, a little bit too much like Mbeki, but then they thought he was gonna like just make shirts, and then he got he stepped out, he got fired, or he stepped down, or I don't remember exactly what happened. He wasn't president for very very long, but people are regretting it now. They're saying, well, we should have kept uh, Tabo Mbeki. Yeah. Yeah. They were like that would have been a better thing to do than to. Um, so I think often wasn't it Zuma like directly often? No, there was like this one random guy. I don't remember. And I was in the UK when he was when um Tabu and Becky stepped down. I'm hundred percent sure of that. Because I was like, oh shit, we got a new president, how did that happen? And then it was just this random guy for a little bit and then it was um what's his face? Zuma. Yeah. <clears throat> Keep talking, I'm having technical difficulties. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out who that random guy was. <laughs> oh, my God, I see. I so, all right. So, did did were the negative consequences becoming apparent at this time? Still not really. It really just came in when Zuma came in. Okay, because this is actually y'all began to see economic decline. Um. How did how did that start appearing? It felt like it was overnight. It felt like it was like literally just boom, and everything was just a clusterfuck. Like it was just boom, and everything was a disaster. We were still getting along, and one day, and then Zuma came into power, and then boom, all of a sudden, you can't like cross the street without being called a racist, and there's violence everywhere, and people are like killing each other, and being attacked, and robbed, and murdered, and you're like, what the. Just happened. Like, what the fuck just happened? Like, it it felt like it was overnight. Now, was it like a recession? Is that is that the form? How what what was the form it came in? Was there it was there like a depression or was there a no. recession? I think we had a recession, but I don't know really. 
I think there was a global recession yeah. in 2001. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken. Was was they? Did y'all just never recover? Are you talking about like like more like financy type shit? Yeah, because I'm trying to figure out because y'all went from oh. a first world country to a third world yeah. country. And I no, I, it was all like the violence and stuff. People started putting out of investments into Africa because it was just violence everywhere. And what was the violence due to? It was. Oh, I don't want to sound like a weirdo, but it was like black against whites because they were like, we'll make you pay for all those years of apartheid now. Now, now shit's on. Now it's happening. Okay, so you had relatively six years pretty much of peace. Yeah, pretty it, much niceness, yes. Yeah, and then suddenly... And then just boom. It felt like it was overnight. So did... Were there figureheads that popped up during this period of time that maybe you weren't aware of? Like maybe the EFF mm-hmm. was that was that were they influential in this or mm-hmm. who, who yeah because I would like literally because I would work on a Saturday because obviously it's organized right yeah 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 so. I would work on a Saturday I used to work in Pretoria in like uh, Central Pretoria Central at on the square like my building was like literally by the square and um, I always had black friends um, at work you know I had all kinds of all sorts of friends and we would work on a Saturday and you'll hear like them singing songs on the square mm. I don't understand the language so I don't think anything of it and my black friends would come and tell me like yo just like chill inside Jay, because they singing kill the white uh, white man kill the bird kill mm. the white man kill the bird and I was like they, oh it sounds so nice like are they really saying that are you fucking with me like no that's what they're saying so just like chill before you go out just right. wait until they go and then you can go right yeah. Yeah. So they were they were becoming more <clears throat> terroristic in their mm. actions. Mm. And then Zuma became president and 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 I know there were things that happened in between but when he became president he was singing along with him. Oh like, yeah, yeah. How did that he, how did that affect the country? That, um badly because now you're getting scared of the black people. Like I wasn't scared before. Now I'm getting scared. Yeah, now they have power yeah. and now they're talking about it's killing not even me about, because yeah, it's not my, even about power. It's about now I'm getting scared. Well, now the people in yeah. power are specifically targeting yeah. me. Yeah, saying that kill the boot, kill the right. farmer. That's what they're saying, not the white man, my bad. Yeah. Kill the, uh, kill the boot, kill the farmer. Right. Now they're singing so they're redundant. to kill me. Yeah. Well, no, because boot is any white Afrikaans-speaking person and the farmer is someone who farmed his land. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But then Boer come from farmer. Originally. Yeah, originally, yeah. but now it's any white Afrikaans-speaking person. It's a Boer. I'm a Boer. I right. don't fucking farm. I'm a Boer. Mm. I grow some rosemary. I've tried <laughs> to get you to farm. It doesn't work out. Well, I can't deal with weeds. So. <laughs> I can deal with weed. No. I, oh, yeah. That weed. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So, you're, uh, you're, you're dealing with the, um, the fear of your own government now, mm-hmm. all right. So now you're you're worried about being, um, like you're you're worried about the government turning against you. Yeah, like and that's of- actually like something that I never believed because they call it the Nacht von Lang Messer. It means the night of long knives is what it trans- uh, translates to. And they all said as soon as Nelson Mandela dies, because you know he was sick for very long, shit's gonna get real hit the fan right. I was like bullshit it's people trying to scare the people you know it is right. but it it kind of did after he died that's when well actually it was getting, before 
But when he, but when he, uh, I mean, we'll get to his death because I'm yeah. talking about prior to his death. Yeah, Zuma no, things were, yeah, yeah, things were getting a little, a little bad. But I mean, he, and is this when the farm murder started? Like with Zuma, or did they start prior to that? Oh, with Zuma, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. You, you didn't hear about it at least. Well, like if it was happening, it yeah. wasn't like it wasn't in the news. Yeah, they still don't do that really. It's on Facebook, but you'll see it. It's not in papers or anything like that. Well, they do have some yeah news agencies yeah, that will cover that will cover it, but it's not. Okay, and so, so now, now you have um, a, a group of of uh, of countrymen that are totally scared of the government because the government is specifically targeting them based upon their race. Yeah, your president is saying kill these motherfuckers. Yeah, it's pretty right. scary. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty fucking crazy. You know, it's like I told that one guy the other day. Like, imagine if Trump were to start doing that. Yeah, like yeah. that's fucked up. Yeah, like it's fucking crazy. Yeah. You know. And this is exactly the tack that Hitler took, all right? Mm. He started mm. targeting specific, mm-hmm. you know, um, races of people. So then the farm murders started. And, and what did what did you think when you first started hearing about these farm murders? Like, was it kind of unbelievable? Yes. Because Because the things that are being done to these farmers are straight out of a horror movie. This yeah, isn't something movie. you would imagine that people would actually do no, to other people. No, it's they don't come into our house, shoot you and leave. They go in there, they uh, boil, they will tie you up, rape the woman in front of the kids and the dad, pour boiling water on them, take irons, like uh, clothes iron, iron, and then burn them with that. Like just torture them for hours before they finally kill them. I mean, I can't look at these scenes. Um, I mean, it looks like Oh God, it's just blood everywhere. It's not like they shoot them and it's the end of it or stab them and that's the end of it. There is so much of blood that entire house because they will torture them for hours before they finally kill them. Right. Yeah. So. Well, and, and one of the things I've heard that they've started doing, and I don't know if this is something new or if this is something that's been going on for a while, but what they're doing is they're, they're raping the, the wife yeah. and then, and then torturing her to death yeah forcing the man to watch and as they and then they rape his kids and they torture his children mm-hmm. to death mm-hmm. and then they leave him alive to kill himself well i don't know about killing himself but yeah they sometimes leave him. yeah they leave him like yeah. basically like to, the, yeah. it's like psychological warfare yeah, on top yeah. of everything yeah. yeah so was was there any fear in you about these things happening to you yeah, like you couldn't drive anywhere without your car doors being locked. When you would get to a red light, you're driving at night, you get to a red light, you don't stop, you slow down until you, you go slow, 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 slow. Hopefully by the time you get to the light, it's going to be green and you can just go because you could be, you'll be hijacked at any moment. When you do, when you are forced to stop in the middle of the day or at night at a traffic light, you can't stop your car too close to the car in front of you because if something happens, you'll be able to get out. Like you always have to watch, always have to put your handbag or your phone or everything out of sight because, you know, the day that we got robbed in Johannesburg when they like stole my phone. Yeah. Oh my God, that was like fucking hectic. Oh boy, that was scary. But yeah, this guy came to the window and he's like knocking on my door and on my window, I mean, and everything's locked, the windows are up, that's always how you had to do it. And you can't afford 
AC in your car, so you just like sweat boxing in there, if that's the word. <laughs> you're just like fucking dying in there. And uh, this guy's knocking my window and he's showing 222. And I just got uh, my old phone and I got my new phone, so I'm transferring numbers and I'm like, you know, going back and forth between two phones. He's showing two, like 222, he's knocking, showing me two. And I'm thinking he's asking for two rand, and I literally had like 150 on my name, man. I had, I didn't have money, but I was like, I'll give this guy my last one rand fifty. I'll get it out of my bag and I'll give it to him. Next moment, I just heard bow and like an explosion, and I'm like, what the fuck, right? So I grab my one phone. I don't know what happened to the other one, but I grab my one phone and I jump to the to the uh, driver's seat. My sister was driving jump to her she, uh, her side and I'm like I'm dead I'm shot I'm obviously been shot that's it mm. I'm dying now and uh guy grabs the phone and we had the guys in the car in front of us it was just the girls in the back the guys were in the car in front of us guy in a beer colored guy in a BMW next to us he sees the whole thing he saw he jumps out of his car he starts shooting guys in front of the car they start shooting I'm like what the fuck is happening so yeah you always like always had to be alert you don't want to like you know have something like that happen to you and my dad was at the time working on a farm and we were always like like stressed like he didn't stay on the farm you know he left it like in clocks up and he worked on the farm like in the day but you you I mean they do it in the day it's not like they only wait for night time so right. we we're always like super stressed like having my dad out on the farm because they do these things on farms they kill farmers yeah, well, and you had told me, I remember one time um, when we were, after we had started talking, you had gotten lost with a friend of yours. Oh, shit, yeah, I was Elise. Yeah, y'all yeah. ended up in Johannesburg. Oh, boy, that was stressful, too. We accidentally, she made some mm-hmm. kind of weird turn and was stuck, like, in between, like, taxis, and I'm pretty sure nothing would have happened, but they just, like, stare at you, and you just scared. You just scared. You just scared all the time. Well, it was like when we were coming back from Kruger National Park, when oh, you and I, yeah. and, and we got stuck at that construction site. Oh, it was the middle my of the night, God, that was And scary. you were freaking out. Like, mm. I remember that, because, like, you were... You were, it was, it was pretty intense because we're sitting there and these guys get out and, and some of these guys were black as night, like literally. Yeah. And they just blended in with, with the darkness around us. There were no street lights. There was nothing. We're out in the middle of nowhere. And the guy, I remember there was a guy that got out and he walked up next to the car, but he Mm. didn't look at us, but he just kept walking. And then he stood next to the, to a rock. There was mm, that big boulder, mm, mm. and he kind of leaned up against it, and then he backed up, and mm, you couldn't see him anymore. Mm. And it was like, what the fuck's this dude doing? That's yeah. when I pulled my knife out, and I yeah. was like, all right, like we got to go. Like mm. you know, there's only eight of them, so <laughs> I'm gonna get one though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and your logic will tell you they're not gonna do. It. Your logic tells you. You, I mean, I'm shaking. I'm like in a state like my heart's pounding like a motherfucker but you logic will tell you they're not going to do anything because where are they going to go we're all stuck right we can't move right they can't take the car they can't go anywhere so logic tells you nothing is going to happen but at the same time you're just a sketch but it's freaky it was it's creepy scary yeah yeah Yeah. and i mean i had what three run-ins when i was in south africa where i i pulled my knife a couple of times like was like no we're not i'm not playing this game yeah. You know, and the first guy, I, I, I kind of felt bad for him because he was... <laughs> oh, shame that guy. <laughs> he was basically like just this regular homeless guy. But Beatrix had told me like straight out, like, don't fuck with these people. And I was just like, okay. And I was walking to uh, I was walking to the pizza joint. Uh, what is it called? Mimos. Mimos. 
That's where I met, um, what's his name? Quentin. Quentin. And, uh, so it, it was actually that same day, but I was, I was, and this guy like approached me, he was asking for money and I was just like, and he's talking about his, his wife and his kids and, and you know, like here in America where if, if I have like some cash on me and a homeless person approaches my vehicle or they approach me, yeah, I'll probably hand him a couple of bucks. But my first instinct with this guy was just to pull my knife. Like, I'm like, I don't know you. I don't know where I'm at. Like, fuck this, you know? So, um, yeah, no, there's, it, it can, it can be a little intense, yeah. you know? And, and you don't know who the enemy is. Like. Yeah. And that's, and that's, that's another thing. It's not just white people that, that feel scared and afraid. It's black people too, because they also being attacked. It's not like it's just white people. It, black people are like, they robbing everyone. I mean, they're robbing right. everyone. They killing everyone. Right. Well, it's, and this has affected some of your personal relationships. Like who? What? Who? Yeah. Um, there was the attorney that you used to work for. That <gasps> oh, they got shot. No, 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 no. Oh, I'm talking about how how they've like like <gasps> they've turned against white people, oh, even if mean... they're the most peaceful. Yeah. Even if yeah. they're the most peaceful of people, they turn against you because you were the wrong race. Yeah, and it and it has this like complete negative effect. yeah when we like talk in person we like besties like oh my goodness we just can't love each other more like you know we'll sit behind closed doors and like gossip about all the girls in mm. the office you know and then you get on his facebook page and it's like all like white people suck i hate them and they should be done with and i'm like what the hell like we friends like what do you mean yeah which yeah. white people which yeah. white? who did it am i the white people <laughs> yeah who did it <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll get them. <laughs> what white people? <laughs> yeah, and, and, and it, it also happened with what's her name as well. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my goodness, yeah. yeah. I had to unfriend like, it you're, too. You're I just couldn't handle like, it. Really good friends with these people yeah. for a long time, and then all mm. of a sudden they start shifting, mm. you know, into these radical stances mm. and these race radical stances. Mm. I mean, and and it's 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 had this really negative effect on humanity but beyond the the way it's affected the culture like i remember when when you and i were were talking and you told me oh i make sixteen thousand rand a month i'm like this bitch is rich <laughs> i'm like shit if i made sixteen thousand dollars a month i'd be well off no shit. right yeah. so so now you've got this economic problem because Sixteen thousand rand a month is the equivalent of what? What was it coming out to? Eleven hundred dollars every month? Is that what it was coming no, out? No, eleven hundred is still a lot. What are you talking about? No, that's it was like eleven hundred. It was like one thousand one hundred dollars. It was it was like thirteen rand for every dollar or something like that. I don't think it was ever thirteen rand when before apartheid ended. It was like seven dollars all the time. No, steady. I'm talking about I'm talking about when you first moved here. Oh, baby, I don't know. I don't remember. I think it was like $1,100 every month that you were Oh, making. yeah, you are right. Because it says here, $1,122.38. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 And then we had to pay the transfer fee, which was like 29 oh, bucks or something oh, like that. Oh, it was that. a lot, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> so, financially, how how is the financial situation? When, when you're making 16,000 Rand per month, how is your living standard? I mean, I didn't like go hungry or anything, but um, gas was, still is, 
insane. Isn't it more there than it is here? Oh, yeah. Because they yeah. charge per liter. Yeah. Yeah. Don't they charge per gallon here too? They charge per gallon. Oh, per gallon because a gallon is a lot more though. But yeah. I mean, it comes out to the same thing. Doesn't matter. No, charge I think per, it, I per think amount. It, yeah, but I think it comes out to like where they're charging like five dollars a liter as opposed to like. Oh no, here it's way more like, than five dollars. Oh, I mean five rand. Oh, no, gosh. I said five dollars. Oh, I don't know. I think it's like five dollars a liter there, where it's like two dollars and thirty four cents a yes, gallon yes, here. Yes, 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 yes. Like something yes. like that. It's some fucking insane yes. like difference. Yeah. And your electric. I was. Just, and y'all uh, had the round. Y'all had the rolling brownouts as well. Yeah, I was getting to the electric. The electric was insane. Well, talk about that. Let me go to the bathroom. Oh, what was I supposed to say? Talk about the electric. Oh, it's just very expensive, guys. <laughs> it's just very expensive. Like, I mean... In the brownout? Oh, I don't know what a brownout is. When you're... They just shut your... Oh, head. shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Um, Yeah, like, ele- electricity is, like, super expensive. Um, Like, insane. And there's only one company that provides electricity. So, you kind of... You're being held hostage, basically, by this company. And you just have to pay what they want you to pay because you don't have another option. Um, So, yeah, I mean, it's just insane it's it's very expensive and then um they have because they didn't really prepare for the country growing and people needing more electricity so they never built like any new um electrical stations <laughs> i don't know where, where the electricity comes from so they would do um and he said brownouts uh it's not brownouts what's it called um Oh, fuck. But anyway, they, they shut down your electricity. Like, you'll have electricity uh, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, and in Thursday, you won't. And they'll, they'll like, section it. Like, they'll let you know, okay, guys, uh, Wednesday, you'll have no electricity, and then there'll be no power whatsoever. You sit there in the darkness. It's not called brownout. What is it Well, called? that's what we call it here. We call them brownouts. So oh, I don't know what it? they call it there. Oh, load shedding. Load oh, shedding, okay. yeah, because it's, there isn't enough to go around, so they'll like let these people have electricity for like a few days, and then shut you down for a few days, and then have those. Right, products. I've heard the term before. Yeah, yeah load shedding. Okay. Yeah, so we have that, and we only have ESCOM, so you have to pay what they tell you to pay. You well, right. Pay. I mean, yeah, I absolutely have a yeah. monopoly on it. Now, like whenever you get into that, like just real quick, when you get into the uh, the monopoly on the electric companies and and setting the prices. Where where does who who's running these electric companies and where do these prices come from? Who's running it? Yeah, is are the these, government are these private organizations? No, no, they're not. It's they're, the government. They're yeah, government run yeah. organizations. So it's, and they it's, get it's, it's 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 basically socialism. Yeah, like yeah, like is. straight straight. Yeah. the yeah. government's running the means of production. Yeah, right. And is this every arena or wanna, just public wanna, works? I don't want to be incorrect though. Like, who owns ESCOM? I don't want to be incorrect, yeah. I mean, I don't want to, like, say things in people in South Africa are like, what the hell is this chick talking about? <laughs> what? Who's setting the prices? Does the government come up with the prices, or is this... Oh, yeah, I'm right. Owned by the South African government. Damn, I'm good. Yeah. I know shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so they're, are they setting the prices, or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not set by supply and demand at no, all? No, no, There's no, 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 no. Yeah, they, they say that... And they, the CEOs and... Um, now, was know. it always like this? Was, was no. it always Like, no. okay, so prior to the end of apartheid, during apartheid, were these, like, were there competitions in this market? Oh, no, 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 no. So it was always just it one. It was always just one, but it was fairly priced. 
Okay. It was decently priced. Same with gas, you know. Okay. You could afford to go on holiday and all that shit. Now you can't even go because half your salary is going to go for your fucking petrol to get to where you want to go. Okay, so is every major, like, uh, corporation, every major structure set up in this way there? Um, Like the mine that your dad worked for, was it owned by the government or was it privately owned? Oh, that you worked for a few. I know some of them were, like... um, not owned by it was like international it was some international company some international mining okay. company Cyril Ramaphosa I don't remember for which one he worked I think that was an international one too but my dad loved that guy they were like oh I know oh, yeah, yeah no absolutely he's he's, he's taken up for him monster. he's taken up for some of the things he said and he mm-hmm. says that he thinks he's only saying these things just to continue now that he's re-elected though he did win the re-election now that he's re-elected I guess you get to really see his true colors because oh, yeah. your dad said he, he thought he was going to change his oh, tune yeah. once he got re-elected yeah, yeah. No, he hasn't. oh he hasn't Mm-mm. oh okay I didn't know that I was not aware of that I haven't I haven't been keeping up with uh politics in in yeah. South Africa recently I which try. I usually I, I usually try do try to, to look every once in a while it's but probably not good but I, I I don't because it's just too upsetting I don't like to be upset okay so so what do you think the South African here here's something that you may you, you may um yeah well we still have some stuff to delete remember no. I fought with that oh, for yeah, yeah, yeah. like an hour okay. um so what do you there's okay, so there's a new party in South Africa, all right? And yeah, oh, the one you told me about, yes, mm-hmm. yeah, and it's a capitalist party, and that's what they that's what they in there. I think they're it's like the purple rhino, I think is their oh, logo, that's nice. yeah, something like that. I'd have to look it up, mm-hmm. okay? So these guys run a podcast, they're free marketers, they're free market libertarians, um, in South Africa. Really? Yeah, and and they started their own they started their own political party. Given given the history that you know of South Africa's politics, mm. what chance do these guys have of making any any noise whatsoever? Oh, I don't want to say it, but people in South Africa kind of have like an issue with coming together. Like they have an issue with standing yeah, together. Yeah, I don't think it has, has. I don't think standing together is necessarily the problem. Ghana is. Well, do they have like? Do you what? What is the standard of independence mentality in South Africa for South Africa? Well, not very good because like like we've discussed like how many times we are used to the government controlling your entire life. Right. It's not like it was in America where it was like independent. It's always had government. It's always like being like in your face all the time everywhere we don't know any any different you everyone in south africa looks to the government to help them they that's what i'm saying when i say standing together they're not going to do anything by themselves they're not going to take matters into their own hands they're going to be like let's just wait for the next government to help us that's just the way it is well i don't think that's what your history reflects because they didn't do that under apartheid yeah what they didn't do that under apartheid the anc came up into power by standing up and fighting right okay but now you get like like i said earlier white people aren't the only people who are being affected by all this violence black blood too right but absolutely like madam you know what i'm talking Mm -hmm. about she would rather over and over and over and over and a lot of people have that mentality vote for the ANC because they're too scared that apartheid will come back. It is literally 
fucking impossible. And that's like asking Jim Crow to come back to America. Don't know what that means. Segregation, basically. Oh. The Jim yeah. they they called them Jim Crow laws. They were oh. Jim Crow laws. Oh. So so it would be basically like asking segregation to come back into America during the nineteen eighties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. So it, it wasn't gonna happen. No, maybe it's maybe never, never maybe n- maybe Literally never. maybe nothing is maybe the entire culture isn't healed, but that part of the history is well, over. Never it's, it, we're not gonna repeat never. that, right? So, what do you see any peaceful resolution to this? Hmm. I don't know. I literally don't know. I hope so. I mean, I literally hope this because it's a fucking great country. It's amazing. Everything that's amazing about that country is like super duper amazing. It's not average. It is fucking amazing. The, the 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 way the country looks, the nature, the animals, the people. I mean, the people are just fucking phenomenal. It's super friendly. The cultures, all the different melting pot of cultures, the landscape all our beautiful animals it is an amazing place to like grow up in and and be in and and go see and experience um not everyone is violent there's a lot of good in that country but for some reason it just can't fucking get together and it just can't like be peaceful for some reason and i just don't know why and i don't know how that's gonna stop so with uh you have countries like um australia and canada and russia have offered um, asylum to white farmers. Yeah. And we saw what happened with uh, Rhodesia when it turned to Zimbabwe. Oh, Lord. They, they killed or ran out every white and farmer. And now they're asking them to come back. And now they're <laughs> begging them to come back. Exactly. Um, what do you think? Do you think that the expulsion of the white farmer will have... Um, a similar effect on South Africa or do you think that the country itself will be able to withstand uh, the agricultural blows that come if <clears throat> excuse me if the uh, all the white farmers do um, secede from South Africa whether they go to that whether they go to Russia or Canada or Orania, for that matter. It will not be good because now we're going to have to import all our food. So now the food is going to be even more expensive. It's already expensive. Right. Now it's going to be more expensive. Right. It will not be good at all. Yeah, I mean, y'all's hamburgers are like $80. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nobody else is going to know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not going to be good. It's never good when farmers leave a country. Right. Because you have to feed your nation. Well, right. Yeah. Agriculture is yeah. like a, a, the a mainstay of, yeah. of every country, yeah. right? And yeah. but okay, so what what role do you think Aranya is going to play in all this? Oh my goodness! Do you think this I is going to be like, actually a long term thing, or do you think the South African government's originally uh, eventually going to shut them down? I don't think they will. But again, when everyone can just go there and just do their own thing and make it better, maybe the black people just don't. Some, not all just don't want us there and it'll just be better for everyone to part ways i guess you know like yeah. in a bad relationship just part ways well that, and that's what i yeah. say about america like yeah. you're not going to you're not going to cure this this riff between what progressives want and what conservatives want right yeah, yeah. so sometimes it's better to get a divorce just, yeah just right. get it over and yeah. with yeah and do it peacefully and, would, and just say you know what I mean, yeah. like we can't do and this and i mean anymore. we are the minority i mean we can like do the orania thing and 
and they can be happy on their own and we can be happy on our own i don't know but you know lucky i don't stay there anymore because then i'll miss my friends right i'll miss my friends like i miss my friends today so imagine i had to separate from them in my own country mm-hmm. that would be devastating yeah, I mean, knowing that, that I mean, at least now you yeah. can still talk to them. and Yeah, you know. well, I still be able to talk to them, but I mean, no, now, now I have no choice. I'm 9,000 miles away. Well, then you wouldn't have a choice. You would have been forced into exclusion away from them. You probably wouldn't be able to talk to them. You'd probably be forced into No, they're not going to, like, force you to, like, not speak to people. I, you don't know this. <laughs> I do know this. <laughs> You weren't allowed to hang out with these people during apartheid? I was al- allowed. Uh, during apartheid, you were hanging yeah. out with these people? Well, I didn't know they almost like... You didn't know they existed. <laughs> they, <just, laughs> they weren't in my neighborhood. Of right. course, I didn't hang out with them. Right. You know, when I, when I, when, I, when everything ended, I got like, I mean, I had so many Muslim friends, people thought I was Muslim. Yeah. You know? They thought I was Muslim. It's a very light-skinned Muslim. Assalamu <laughs> 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 Okay. So we're going to, I want to finish it up here. I want you to talk about the contrast Mm. between living in America and living in South Africa. Mm, Pre or post apartheid? No, like, like, like when I left, when I left until I came here, I I knew that, I knew that question. I was just playing. (laughs) I was trying to use fancy words. Okay. So, in 1981, <laughs> when you were one years old... <laughs> okay, um, well, the, the thing that I love about America is um, the fact that I can sit in my backyard and not stress, because, you know, like, when, when I would, like, grow outside, I would be like, oh my God, it's nine o'clock, it's dark, like, go inside, you know? I don't have to worry about that now anymore. I sit out here, and I, it's not like that in every single city or neighborhood or part of America, but for me personally... I can sit in my backyard, earphones in my ears, and know no one's going to come murder me. Well, I, I hope, but I mean, it's not a constant fear. Right. It's not something that I'm worried about all the time. When I used to sit outside and grill in South Africa on a Friday night or a Saturday night, I would listen the entire time. Mm. If something is happening, is someone like, yeah, is someone like moving, is something going on? Um, I drive. Oh, I love this spot. I've gone really like wild like i'll go to like, the post office and i'll leave my door unlocked you know in my car i love that i just do it so i can like like it <laughs> i don't even like i just i just like it i'm like oh look at me i left my door unlocked you know you can never do <laughs> that such a <laughs> yeah like i'm like that's something that i enjoy doing you know and i can go to the store and i don't have to worry about like something is gonna happen to me i can drive up and down all night long and and i i'm not locking my doors i'm not having my window up and I'm not looking around when I'm driving mm. you know I'm, I feel pardon my word free <laughs> freer <laughs> freer mm. yeah absolutely liberated in some sense yeah from 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 what from I violence from what I used to experience right I'm a girl I mean a lot of people might not have the same experience as me but I'm a very like paranoid scared person so I was very paranoid and very scared all the time well and Okay, so, like, there's this whole thing um, that you'll hear women talk about um, in America um, about how it's a rape culture. Mm. And and I always think about you because I'm like, y'all, y'all have no idea what it's like to, be, to, like, be scared, like, every day. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah, maybe there's... A, a, a possibility, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and they and, and, yeah, and they yeah. and they tell they say that like single women try not to get like 
ground floor apartments because they don't want to make it easier on rapists and this and the other. Yeah, okay, maybe there's a possibility, right? But it's not an epidemic, right? Whereas no. in South Africa, that's an epidemic. It's like, yeah. I don't, I, I think the last time I looked, it was number one yeah. in rape statistics. It might yeah. be at number two now, but, yeah. but it was at number one in rape statistics as far as, especially as far as Western style countries. And, mm. and that's a, Another thing I was I was mis, uh, misunderstood was was South Africa for the most part has a Western style like culture mm-hmm. as far as um, it's very um, capitalist friend friendly when you get outside of like public works right so you have your fast food restaurants you mm-hmm. have you know different car washes you know your basic services mm-hmm. and daily occurrences is pretty much done on a voluntary basis. You have multiple supermarkets, you know, yada, yada, yada. So, um, the, the idea that they, the government owns the public works and that is the most expensive form of your life Mm -hmm. should like be revealing to a lot of people. Right. Mm. But, um, but people don't see that, that when people leave, like people in America don't see that there are benefits to being in America. Like even I fall guilty at times where I'm like bitching, moaning and groaning it about, about the way things are done. It's because like, I mean, I have you to put, give me perspective at at times, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, but it's not supposed to be this way. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But I would take this over, over what's going on over there anytime. Right. Yeah. Right. So, is there, if there's like last like thoughts about this podcast? No, I'm just like kind of glad we did this, and now I'm gonna cry. I'm kind of glad. Did you enjoy it? Yeah, I did. You did? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You happy with it? Mm -hmm. I got a little editing to do. I'm probably not gonna like my stupid accent. Well, you don't have to listen to. (laughs) Aren't you gonna edit this? I'm gonna edit a little bit, but not much. Yeah, but no, I I would I would like for the country to heal. Because it's beautiful to be there. The people are beautiful. It's everything is beautiful about it. Like everything is beautiful about it. It's just, I just hope they can come together and just stop this bullshit because it's extremely unnecessary. Right. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> we made it. We did. You didn't die. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm Tommy Salmons. Beatrix. That was my wife Beatrix with her lovely accent that she hates so much. Oh, I hate it. Late. It, 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 it reminds you of the uh, uh, the glory of the American experiment. 